Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. I am your host, Mike Abadir, of course. And today is Thursday, March 30th, 2023. And it means one thing and one thing only for me today, which is opening day, Major League Baseball. One of my favorite days in the entire calendar year. Absolutely stoked for it. So Bob and I are going to talk a lot of baseball today. Going to give you our uh, season predictions. It'll be kind of a, a preview show. We've seen a couple of games, but over 162. I don't think that affects our predictions in any way, shape, or form by seeing performances from this morning's games. A lot are in uh, action right now, and a lot more are going to tee off uh, in a couple of hours here. So, Pop, man, you know, I was one of those guys, like, I didn't ditch school, you know, because my parents would kill me. But there was one day where I was always going to ditch, play hooky, and it was opening day, brother, all the way back till the minute I could drive. My favorite. What, and what team was you. this? Was it, was it Giants or was it the A's? The Red Sox. For the Red Sox. Yeah, I, I would I would play hooky to go watch uh, at a sports bar. Oh, okay. They when they would let me in, even though I was underage, because I was I told them I'm just gonna get a soda, order food, to watch the game. So they always had a table reserved for me when I wanted to go, man. So uh, this takes me back a long ways to uh, you know the days of high school and the enthusiasm that you have as a youngster for opening day baseball. And it really hasn't left me, Bob. I'm super excited about it. I know you've had a big morning. We'll talk about that shortly here. But any memories, just generally speaking, either an event involving opening day for you or maybe a performance for a favorite player or team, what what does opening day mean for you in a few words? Well, opening day, I would say probably my most memorable opening day. Mike, you always like, you and your Dodgers. and You have to understand that I'm kind of split duty a little bit. I love my Dodgers, but you have to understand I got a lot of ties to the city of Cleveland. I got a lot of family from Cleveland. My father's from Cleveland. My mother's from Canton, Ohio, where the Hall of Fame's at, all that good stuff. So they grew up Indians fans. So, you know, pretty much the Dodgers, you're not going to live in L.A. and not be a Dodgers fan, all right? So the Indians were always somewhat right right there in, in the driver's seat as well, too. So pretty much um, when Major League came out, um, I was really, really stoked on watching Major League 2. And I remember I was really, really sad because my dad wasn't going to be able to make it to send me to uh, take us at a certain time. And my uncle was like, my uncle's big on sports, and he's probably the one guy that I can always, that is probably the reason why I'm here talking about sports now, 
because he used to always be like, oh, man, I wish it. He, he's like, man, you better than the guys on Sports Center. And I was young. I was like 15, 16 years old when he was telling me the, all this stuff. You know what I mean? But he was a big sports fan, too. And he, I remember he said, man, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And I said, man. And then he called back like 30 minutes later. He was like, okay, I'll take you to the movie. And um, it was crazy because we got back and my dad came comes in at like 5 p.m. a day after, the, uh, uh, you know, he was at the track. That's why he couldn't make it. And uh, pretty much he was like, yeah, um, I'll take you now. I was like, well, we already saw the movie. You know, and it was fun. Uncle Rick took it. So we had that. But was was that opening day on baseball or are you just talking about opening day for the movie? Well, opening day, it was the opening weekend for the movie, Major League Two. But I'll make my opening day memory real quick. Opening day, the Jake in Cleveland and that Indians team from not 95, but the 94 team who I felt would have won the World Series that year. They, was that the year they opened the Jake? Yeah, that's the year they opened the Jake and they went to 13 innings against the Mariners. And they had, they had to come back from five runs that day. But they opened up the Jake. Ken Griffey Jr. was um, the highlight guy that, and you know, you had that Mariners team and everything like that. But it was really special because Wayne Kirby, um, brother of, I forget his brother's first name, but his brother played in the NFL as well, too. And um, he was a running back for the Dolphins. Terry. Terry, Terry Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, Terry Kirby was his, and Wayne Kirby hit the game winning double to win the game. And it was epic because it was on ESPN, and ESPN hadn't really showed any Indians games in like 10 years because the Indians were just that bad of a team. But when they opened up the Jake, they got all brand new life for the team. Like now this young roster will probably finally show up, and that's what it was all about. They had brand new jerseys, all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Some of those teams from the 90s were stacked. You know, Bayerga and Tomei and Manny Ramirez and, and uh, Alomar behind the dish and Charles Nagy and Jose Mesa. And I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of guys, but those teams were a lot of fun to watch. I don't know how they didn't rack up multiple World Series rings during that time period. But I know that they gave the city of Cleveland a lot to root for when there wasn't much to root for in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, so let's actually dive into it, man. Let's talk about our season predictions and let's start with the AL Central. I think that's a good place to start because it's pretty wide open. Uh, the Indians, uh, now the Guardians, of course. There was a little speculation that Terry Francona could possibly retire. He's had a lot of health issues over the last few years, uh, has had to take some time off, has had to have and uh, his bench coach managed some games. But Terry Francona's there, and as long as uh, he's managing a ball club, him and Bochy are kind of the two guys in my boat that wherever they manage, they're going to win. They're just that good of managers and how, how to handle an organization that uh, they're always going to get my support when it comes to predictions. I think – this division is all about the Guardians, in my opinion. That's my winner. I think the White Sox are going to have a little bit of resurgence because they were uh, they've underdelivered the last few years, and uh, and I think the Twinkies they'll they'll be competitive. The Royals, you know, might be a little bit better. Uh, Tigers, I think, have a long way to go. 
but that's how I see the AL Central. What about you, Bob? All right, Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a three-team division. Let's just keep it real. And um, that three te- those three teams are going to be the Chicago White Sox, the Cleveland Guardians, and the Minnesota Twins. It's going to be whoever wants to be – it's going to be whoever survives at the end of the year between those three. Because, look, the Chicago White Sox might have the best hitting lineup in the division – and then you have the Indians who probably have the best pitching in the division. And then you have the Twins who have a mix of both. And the Twins, when you look at their pitching staff, they're just a tad bit better than the Guardians pitching staff, in my opinion. They got a lot of really good pitchers in that group. And then adding back Carlos Carrera was huge. And then you still got Byron Buxton as well, too. And so you have the star power with the Twins, in my opinion. But with the Guardians, you have the best pitching going on. You got Shane Biber, who's there with him. Tristan McKenzie, who's actually going to be out for about a month or so. But that's okay. That's okay because the Indians have plenty of arms on the farm. And um, they pretty much have a team that's in place to, you know, be very uh, methodical with the way that they – with their approach with winning games. I don't see the team starting fast. I see them finishing uh, pretty well, but I don't see them starting, you know, great. And that's been the Cleveland case the last few years as well, too. And then you have the White Sox, who I said have the best hitting lineup. But then they also have good pitching that to go with that group as well, too, that they've had some guys there that have been really good over the last few years. And Giolito, Dylan Cease. And then um, hopefully they can get something from uh, – Capachi, um, or some, uh, I, I can't say, is, uh, but he's a big, t- Kopech, uh, he's a big time prospect that they drafted. So pretty much I think that if he's able to have somewhat of a good season as well, too, they got three really good pitchers in that rotation. And I think that they'll edge out the other two. And I got them with plus 225 winning this division. But I have this idea that we possibly get three teams in from the central if they play it right. And these are my uh, win law. These are my over under wins real quick, Mike. We got White Sox over 81. I got the Guardians over 86 and a half. I have the Tigers over 70 and a half. And I have your Royals under 69 and a half. And I have the Twins um, over 82 and a half. And I like the Tigers to be a sneaky dog team this year. You can catch them on a plus 180, plus 190. I didn't get them today, but, you know, they only lost four to zip. So my mind was in the right place. Their batch just didn't show up. So there's just certain teams out there that's that are going to be a better ROI team, and I think the Tigers could possibly want to be one of the better, or, or uh, you know, return on your investments. In. in terms of Michael Kopech, I want to uh, I want to just uh, provide this for accuracy purposes. He was actually drafted in the first round by the Boston Red Sox, and he was involved in that huge trade between the Red Sox and the White Sox, where Michael Kopech and Yuan Yuan uh, Mancado, who was a big big prospect second baseman from Cuba, uh, and then a couple of minor leaguers went to Chicago in exchange for Chris Sale, a big, uh, tall, starting left-handed pitcher for the Red Sox, still there, uh, has had some good years. But he was originally a first-round pick of the Red Sox, and uh, he's kind of known for his bringing the heat. He's had some decent seasons, 
But I think he still has that ability to be able to put it all together now that he's got a couple of years under his belt. This guy is supposed to be a Cy Young type of pitcher. So we'll, we'll see it. I think if Dylan Cease does what he does last year, you know, uh, you, you might be right. And this, this team could win the division. But I'm still going to stick with Cleveland as the division winner, in my opinion. Uh, it all begins and ends with Terry Francona. They've got maybe one of the best hitting teams, not the most powerful team, Bob, but a smart base running team. They can swipe a bag for you. They move runners over. They can get timely hits. They've got the most underrated batter in the sport in Ramirez. You know, this guy, all he does is rake, 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 and uh, probably doesn't get nearly the credit for it. You know, imagine if he was playing in the Bronx this guy would be talked about as a Hall of Famer. Uh, but he's kind of tucked away in Cleveland there. And, uh, you know, I think when you have him in the middle of the order and you got some people that could set the table at the top of the order, you're going to score enough runs with that good pitching pop. So I'm going to stick with Cleveland as my division winner in, in that division. I like your over-unders, though. They're really interesting. And on that note, uh, in my opinion, Pop, you're the basketball guru, but I think you're actually even better with your baseball picks than basketball, uh, if I'm being honest with you. And, and I think you, you, you proved my point uh, maybe a little bit earlier. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did in terms of your predictions for your VIP members and, if interested, how people could sign up with you? Um, you guys can always sign up with me by hitting me up on the Twitter if you want to at Pop Bibiasi and you guys can go ahead and um you know message me and or DM me and see about the packages and everything for the rest of the year with baseball, the NFL, CBB and everything like that when it comes up. And also this morning we were able to put together some pretty good um a pretty good group this morning and everything like that. I would say that my pick six didn't do as great as I wanted it to, but we are coming along as 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 the day goes by. But um, all in all, I do have some plays for you guys tonight that I'll give to you at the end of the show, so we don't eat up too much time as we talk previewing everything. But you guys, what, what did you nail this morning? You had some over unders, right? Um, I actually. It, I didn't get – the Yankees messed me up. I thought that they were going to have a little bit of a, a fun time with the Giants today. They wound up shutting them out, but they beat them five to zip. And then we had the over um, go down in the Braves game, but I actually thought that was going to go under. And then we wound up having a little bit of a um, – I'm looking at all the scores now, so I got to make sure I got everything in tune. So you got to bear with me just a little bit, Mike, just two seconds. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so I had the Brewers earlier plus one and a half. That didn't work out. But I did bring home those Orioles for you today with the 10-9 um, to 9 win over your Red Sox. Sorry, Mike. And um, that was a plus 110. And then we also had the Tigers as well, too. Like I said, plus 190 today. They wound up losing – um, their game. So pretty much that was, eh, that was like, damn it. You know, we could have did a whole bunch better. And then I'm looking at the game that we still have going right now. We got the blue Jays and the Cardinals. And like I said, we got the Rangers right now. The Rangers are my one and a half today. And they're actually a plus 
155 in that regard as well, too, Mike. And they scored nine runs in the fourth inning, and they were down five zip with DeGrom on the mound getting blew up. So I think they got some hitting going on in uh, Texas this year. Or they I think so, too, and it hasn't even started warming up yet. Right. And, you know, Texas, and I told you, I told him, uh, we talked about Texas, with me and Eric Burns during Super Bowl week. And, you know, I'm going to talk about them a little bit more when we get to the AL West as well, too, on surprise teams that you need to be ready for. Because on on when it comes to salary and how much they're paying guys, they got about seven All-Stars on the team right now. You know what I mean? That guys that can be in the All-Star game this year. And then I wanted to say something funny about Ramirez. You say that he's tucked away, but his contract says he's not tucked away. He's one of no. the highest paid players in the league. So um, I think that he has been he's been uh, very much recognized. And I always say that if you're getting top dollars, you've been recognized. You've been recognized as one of the best. But I know what you mean, though. If he played in New York City with the Mets or with the Yankees, he would be larger than life, just like his buddy Lindor going to uh, the Mets. And now Lindor is like a beloved player, even though Lindor was going to be a Hall of Famer regardless of anything. But, you know, as long as he keeps going in the right direction. But, you know, he was already a superstar player in Cleveland. But it just adds to the profile going to New York. And so – Pretty much when you're a star player in baseball, it's either going to be L.A. or New York for you to really be able to establish yourself as a great one if you don't win a championship. Even if you don't win a championship, if you go to those two teams, you always seem to get remembered in the annals of things, but you got to perform as well, too. Uh, amen to that, man, 100%. That's some truth right there. And if, if you guys notice, you know, when I was asking him about the picks, He's not one of those BSers that says, oh, I'm hitting at, you know, 88% or any crap like that. Pop is really honest. He lays it the way it is, tells it the way it is. If he's got a good day, he'll tell you about his wins. He'll tell you about the losses. He'll tell you about the near misses. He'll tell you about the home runs. And that's kind of how I like it. I like a, a series of truth bombs if I'm going to be taking my hard-earned money and aligning it with somebody's picks. That's why I'm a big supporter of what, Pop does and the research he puts in to be able to come up with this stuff. With that said, Pop, let's take a quick commercial timeout. We'll come back. And you mentioned the AL West. Let's go to the AL West. Stay with us, everyone. We'll come back right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast if that doesn't work try adding on tune in or on iHeartRadio or on apple podcasts Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? 
If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Mike Abadir Show alongside Pop DiBiase. You were mentioning a few moments ago about that Rangers-Phillies game. Looks like that's got fi- that's gone final. Rangers have beat the Phillies on opening day, eleven to seven. So they win by four. Pop uh, the Rangers, the team that's made some splashy moves in this offseason. We're going to talk about the AL West right now, and I think most people the conversation begins and ends with the Astros. But what about the other team in Texas? You know, you added Degrom. You mentioned he got lit up today, but Bruce Bochy at the top of the show. I was talking about how he's a manager that's a winner, and wherever he goes, teams just seem to win, and he's got a bunch of World Series under his belt. He knows how to deal with veterans. He knows how to deal with rookies. Where where do you think the Rangers stand in this division? Because I think most prognosticators see the Astros defending World Series champs, Dusty Baker, good pitching, good hitting. They see them as kind of the cornerstone of this division, and I think a lot of people see the Mariners as probably the second-place team. I think a lot of people are rooting for the Angels because they want to see more Trout and Shohei Otani in the postseason. And, of course, the A's are in total rebuild mode, mode which means that they're going to produce some all-stars to give to the Yankees. Uh, you can thank Oakland for that. But where, where specifically do you see the Rangers in this division? The Rangers can be anything they want to be in this division because they have Corey Seager, World Series MVP, Simeon, home run. Wasn't he the home run leader or something like that a few years back? Um, they also have some a young arm in um, Taylor Hearns, very, very good pitcher. Um, they also have Jacob DeGram, which was huge. That was monster. Bringing in and they also have some, some, some underrated hitting, by the way, too. Besides the names that you mentioned, how about uh, Adolis Garcia and uh, and Nathaniel Lowe? You know, these guys have put together some monster seasons. Uh, well, last year they did. Uh, you know, I just wanted to insert that as well to kind of, you know, uh, correspond or, you know, coincide with what you're saying. I think their offense is legit, Bob. Yeah, they got they it's but you know with the Rangers their offense is always going to be legit. The thing that you want them to be good at is what's your pitching like? 
That's the question you always have for the Rangers. What's your pitching going to be like? And it really comes down to the bullpen. And I think that Jacob DeGram, you're going to have some more rough days with DeGram because he has to get used to the to pitching in that ballpark and literally being being out most of the spring training as well, too. He did. He was literally just on the side, just doing, you know, daily bullpen. Now, the guy that I feel will be the X factor, and he can be the guy that helps them win a number of games this year, is John Gray. John Gray is one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball because he was on the Rockies. But he was the Rockies' best pitcher for years. And, you know, John Gray was actually, to me, the best pitcher on the Rangers staff. They got him now as the fourth pitcher in the rotation. I think that that can be key. Then you got a veteran in Evaldi. You know, he played, he helped your guys get that World Series a few years back. Had one of the greatest uh, relief performances, even though they lost. It was a great relief performance because he went eight innings into an actual extra inning game. You know, so that was pretty good. And Martin Perez will always get you some good, good games on the road sometimes you know what i mean martin perez has been around for a while with the uh rangers and there's a reason why they kept him on the roster but one guy that really sticks out to me is andrew heaney heaney had a good little uh season with the dodgers when he was healthy and i think that you know he's a guy that's going to be ready to roll he might not be starting every fifth day but he will be ready to roll when it's time and so i truly feel like this team is going to be on the up and up moving forward, and um, I think that there's a lot of good things going for him, and I think that the over 82 is a is a good number to start at because I think that this can be a possible 83-84 win team this year. And if the stars align, they can be a playoff team. I don't know if they win the West, but anything is possible. You said they got Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy has won a division championship everywhere he's went, and he's done it when you didn't expect his team to do it. So, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it shakes out, as I like to say. Now, Okay, so where does 82 or 83 wins put them in that division? Who's above them? Who's below them? That will probably put them somewhere, I would say, in third place. Third or second place this year. It won't be it won't be good enough for first. I'll tell you that. I got this this idea this year when it comes down to to divisions. The AL East was the best division in the American League last year. But all five of the teams were pretty good most of the season. With this, I feel like you're going to get four really good teams in the West this year because when you look at the Angels, the Angels to me can do whatever they want this year as long if they if they the stars can align for the angels they can win the division that's the team that i can really see winning the division even though i got the mariners with the plus 550 because that's value and they look like a division winner as well too i just really feel like somebody's gonna bump that they're gonna bump the astros off losing altuve here in the first two months of the season is critical and if they lose somebody else that's key to that lineup, that could be a problem as well, too. And then you have to uh, see how they're going to be with this new pitching staff. They don't have uh, Verlander anymore, who was really a, a very constant, 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 you know, asset that they had. And he was a good, you know, bullpen dugout guy that kept guys positive, kept guys moving forward in the right direction. 
Dusty Baker is a good manager, but we know that Dusty Baker's been literally fired everywhere he's been at as well, too, because teams start getting really inconsistent and they start pointing the finger at him. And it's not I'm saying I'm not saying Dusty's a bad manager or anything like that, but for everything that goes well for him, things can go left for him the next season. And I feel like we kind of have that situation going because now they have real pressure on him. Before, when they were winning games and winning, the Yankees had all the pressure. The Red Sox got all the pressure. But the Astros, everybody used to be like, oh, well, you know, it's the Astros. Who cares? You know, oh, they beat them cool. But, you know, whatever with the Astros. But over the last, I would say six, I would over these last three seasons or so, the Astros have really earned everybody's respect. And I guess that's because they got caught cheating somewhat. But they earned everybody's respect because everybody feels like that they do know how to get an upper hand in a game. And I just pretty much feel like they do have a big target on their back and everybody in that division is coming for them, including the A's. Even though the A's aren't going to win more than 50 games this year, I got them under 59 and a half for this year. And literally they're like the only team I got going under in that division. And I got the Astros going under as well too. But I have bright spots for. So who? So who wins the division then, Bob? I already said. Who are you that. predicting to win the AL West then? I already told you, and it's the Mariners five to one because the Mariners got everything. They got they got the star. Well, I wasn't sure if that was the value play. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was the value play or if that's actually who you expect to be the division winner. Yeah, I got the Mariners winning the division. The star of the division is Julio Rodriguez. Okay. And the pitching staff that they have in place is they spent the money on pitching. That's what makes them stand out this year to me. And they just got guys that are just ready to just be great this season. But it's going to be a little bit of a struggle now when you see that um, Seager's out. Seager retired. Um, Corey Seager's brother retired. So pretty much um, he was always the driving force on that team. He'll be missed this year. But I think that they got everything in place to make this team a very uh, watchable team this year and make them a very um, – and make them right there as one of the more exciting teams in baseball as well too. And um, just one last thing, and I know it's close to your area as well too. I think that the Oakland A's, if they're going to move out of Oakland, don't move to Vegas, move to San Antonio. That'd be a better move for them. Well, I, I, I would hope. I would hope not. I would hope that they find a way to make it work in Oakland, but you know, it doesn't look very promising right now. I mean, just imagine, you know, what what uh, you know what we're going through here in Northern California, sports fan wise. You know, the Warriors played at the Coliseum. The Raiders played at the Coliseum. A's played at the Coliseum. Now they're in jeopardy of having nobody play at the Coliseum. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of a tough pill to swallow when everybody goes bye-bye. And it uh, looks like that might be the case. But right, I but agree you, with you. But I you know the Oakland uh, situation, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, uh, and Oakland needs to worry about running the city and not to worry so much about sports teams. Yeah, I mean, look, you make a good point, but I've always maintained that a healthy economy helps uh, boost the city, if you know what I mean. That just somehow, when people have money, there's less bad stuff that happens, you know, uh, all the way through, you know, down to even like the, the guys that are 
drinking, you know, through paper uh, with their brown paper bags and stuff. I think people having jobs, making money, but that's a different story for a different day. I just hope that they find a way to build a new ballpark because the Coliseum, even though I've got a lot of sentimental memories over there, that place is old as heck. It's the most outdated stadium in all of base in all of sports. Sport. And uh, Mount Davis ruined it. Uh, such an eyesore, but it used to actually be a beautiful view of the Oakland Hills. Uh, not so much anymore. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who makes the better case between Vegas and San Antonio. Uh, I, I think having them in Las Vegas is probably pretty appealing because of the gambling ties. Now that baseball has opened, you know, has stretched their arms out and embraced fantasy. Well, they always have with fantasy, but definitely have embraced gambling. And what what better sport to be able to uh, intertwine with daily wagering than baseball? You know, it's the yeah. only thing left. Of, I mean, it's the only thing besides horse racing where you could say you could play it every single day. Um, yep. So I think there's some appeal there. I think from a fan base perspective, yeah, of course you're right. San Antonio, super loyal with the Spurs. Uh, but maybe one dark horse candidate that I'm going to mention might be Sacramento. Because they've even supported their AAA baseball team for many, many years. And we see how they are with the Sacramento Kings. Arco Arena was sold off for years. The new stadium or the new arena downtown you know, obviously when the team was down in the dumps, wasn't necessarily a great draw, but they have a new arena. They have a new uh, uh, revigored roster with the Kings. Maybe some of that popularity kind of uh, makes days in Major League Baseball see that there's some validity to Sacramento. We will see, though, Bob. Uh, I like your Mariners pick in terms of them being uh, – a very compelling team because of their pitching and Julio. Julio is, I'm not going to say he's the next Ken Griffey Jr., but he brings that level of excitement to Seattle that they haven't had since the days of, of Griffey and Jay Buhner and A-Rod and, and Randy Johnson and all those guys when they were youngsters and Edgar Martinez and so on and, and so forth. And a guy named Ichiro. Ichiro. Ichiro, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm still going to take the Astros. I think you're being a little bit unfair to my man, Dusty Baker, talking about him getting fired. Why well, can come back and say we've won divisions everywhere? Would he still be his San Francisco Giants manager? Would he still be the Cubs manager? Would he still be the Reds manager? Do you want me to keep going down the list? I know you love Dusty, but still. He's won divisions he everywhere. He's to teams, to, Mike. Let me tell you something. What did he do wrong with the Washington Nationals? Lose to the Dodgers. Nothing. They the just Dodgers. somebody else just happened to take over the next year and and do what Dusty could have done. I, I and how about the Cubs? It wasn't his fault that that Bartman messed up that ball in the outfield for Moises Alou. He's had some fluky stuff happens. I know a lot of people pinpoint the time when he uh, took out uh, Russ Ortiz against the Angels. Um, look, man, he's won everywhere. I'm glad he got his World Series ring. I see no fault with, with Dusty. I think that this team has better pitching than people realize beyond Verlander. Yeah, he had an epic season, man. He was the ERA leader and definitely carried this ball club. But they've got a lot of young arms. 
Christine Javier is, is impressive to me. I think the, the wild card for the Astros is Jose Urquide. If, if he could put together a good season, you know, now, now you've got three, four starters that are able to give you innings, keep you in the ball game. Let's not forget, man, I talked about Ramirez being underrated over in Cleveland. How about Jordan Alvarez? I mean, this guy might be the most feared slugger in the American League outside of Judge and Shohei. So uh, this team has a lot to be excited about, I think. But I think the division will be more competitive. I think the Mariners will be interesting. I think the Rangers get third place. I think you pegged it right. The Angels finished fourth place. I don't think that they made enough compelling moves to uh, add to their win total from last year. And I think the A's are in the cellar uh, with, with some fun young guys to watch. We'll see how it goes. That's my take on the AL West. I, I think the Mariners get the wild card out of this division. Let's wrap up the American League, Bob, and go to the division that you said was the best one in baseball last year. Probably pretty darn good this year. you got five teams that can all make a case. The Rays always seem to find a way to weasel their way into the playoff mix. I think that the Yankees obviously are a deserving favorite. Uh, you know, the, the Red Sox are kind of retooled, and the Orioles are emerging from prospect after prospect after prospect to finally be able to put together a competitive ball club now that these prospects are finally living up to expectations. And then, of course, our friends up north of the border, the Toronto Blue Jays. Where do you sort all this out, Bob? Um, I would say that in that division, it's really pretty much easy. I'm going to tell you like this. It sounds pretty messy. It sounds pretty blatant. It sounds pretty like a lazy tech in a sense. But when I keep looking at rosters and I just keep looking at everybody's roster in the division, I see two teams that really stand out for real, for real. The Yankees and the Blue Jays. It's that simple. Your Red Sox are in the middle of a, uh, of a, I would say, uh, uh, a transformation somewhat into this new type of team that they are. It's not like how it was with the big poppies of the world and everything like that. They're a little bit more professional and, you know, they're not as laid back and loose. But, you know, they got a, a young bunch that's still figuring it out. The Rays lost a lot of these great players that they had over the last uh, five years or so that really made that team what they are today. And I know that they got a great, um, some great young hitters on that team that they're very excited about. But I don't think that that's enough for the Rays to be a consistent winner this year. And I think that the surprise team, I keep saying it, I think that they can sneak into the playoffs this year or the Orioles, but it's based on how their pitching goes, in my opinion. But the Blue Jays have the the young hitters, the exciting players, and that's something that you get excited about. And then they got a pitching staff that can back that up as well, too. But the Yankees got everything. They got everything, including the AL MVP, Aaron Judge himself. I really got the Yankees running away with this division. They won it by 10 or better, Mike. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, that's that's pretty it's pretty monumental. Head and shoulders above the rest of the division. Pop, let's take our, our final timeout. We'll come back to talk about the National League and give some way too early World Series predictions. Stay with us, everyone. We'll come back after a quick Yeah, we jump with the World Series. 
Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. have to zip through a little bit faster to spend a lot of time talking about the AL West and the and AL Central. Uh, and uh, Pop, you just round, uh, zip through the American League East. I'll give my predictions. The Yankees are the division winner. No surprise there. Where there is a surprise, though, is I think the Baltimore Orioles actually get that second spot. I'm gonna, I predict that they're going to take big strides this year and get second place in the American League East. They're going to get a playoff spot. I'm really excited about this Orioles team. I'm very bullish on them. I think third is actually going to be Boston, fourth Toronto, and I think the Rays, like you mentioned, I think they're they're just up against it, too tough a division. They've lost a lot of guys. I think the Rays are actually in the cellar for the first time in many moons. That's how I see the American League East. The big surprise in that division is going to be the Orioles. Pop, let's move over to the National League. Let's start with the Central, just like we started with the Central and the American League. This is the division that I would say is maybe a little bit above mediocre. I think the Cardinals are are the team that historically has, has found a way to always muster up enough wins to get to the playoffs. Chicago Cubs think that they're maybe starting to emerge a little bit from all those weighty contracts from their mid-2010s playoff run and World Series run, et cetera. The Brewers are always underestimated. Uh, The Reds and Pirates are uh, also eligibles. 
Uh, but uh, all kidding aside, I think that they have some good prospects, but there's still a ways to go. So I'm actually just going to go ahead and line it up just the way that I did. St. Louis is my division winner. I think Milwaukee gets second, Chicago gets third, and the battle for last will be between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. What say you, Bob? Well, we can be quick here because um, we don't have to talk too much about this one. Um, I'm going to keep it real. It's a two-team division in reality. Um, you know, it can be fluky for other teams that they can come up, and that only fluky team can be the Cubs. I'm going to tell you like this. The Cubs might have the redemption lineup of all redemption lineups right now. And you know that too, Mike, with oh, yeah. having guys like Marcus Stroman and having guys like Cody Bellinger and having guys like – um. You know, I had everybody right in front of me when I had the projected lineups, but you know what I'm saying, Mike. They got a lot of guys on this team that were really good in other in with other teams. And usually when you get teams like this together, they are the dangerous teams. And that's just because everything has to come together. I don't think that they have a great manager, so that's why I don't think that it's going to go exactly the way that I see it. But I think that all in all, that the Cubs still have to be considered because they're the Cubs. They're the most popular team in the division. The, the, it's better for baseball when the Cubs are good, but the Cubs are a team that does have a lot of guys that are over the hill somewhat, or not over the hill, or I don't know. It's just that they got a lot of guys that used to be good, and now they're with the Cubs. And so the team I like the most is the Brewers because of the pitching. It's that simple. Cardinals are a team that can really go 81 and 81 right now and still waltz into the playoffs. But if they have to go a little extracurricular this year, like meaning that they have to chase somebody this year, I don't think they're going to be able to catch them. And I think that the Brewers could have been the champion last year, but they just ran into somewhat of a, a, a stagnant point during the season. And they kind of gave up because they gave up Hater because they didn't want to pay him. And they they kind of had the idea that they possibly weren't going to make the playoffs. And they were knee-deep in the playoff race last year. So I think this year it's different because they got a lot of really good players on this team. So everything should come together perfect storm. I have them winning the division with the plus 110, Mike. One of the most exciting rookies in the whole sport, Jordan Walker, St. Louis. He is my rookie of the year pick. He's going to edge out uh, Corbin, Corbin Carroll from the Diamondbacks. Jordan Walker, St. Louis. Keep an eye on him because this guy is a phenom. And he's going to he's gonna snag that rookie of the year. He's going to get the ROY, uh, ROY this year for 2023. Mark my words. Let's move over to the American League, uh, excuse me, the National League West. Uh, I mentioned Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks. Very intriguing outfield, very underrated outfield. Jake McCarthy and Corbin Carroll. And, and, and they, I mean, they're young. They've got uh, Alex Thomas. He was a high draft pick. Uh, I think, and we saw him a little bit in the WBC because he qualified for Mexico's team through his mother, um, you know, I think that at least in outfield, this team is set for a while. Of course, though, this division is 
going to be a two-horse race between the Dodgers and the Padres, in my opinion. I've taken the Dodgers now seven years in a row to win the division. I'm taking the Padres this year. Sorry to do that to you, Bob. But I think this team has really got loads of talent. And I know that doesn't always work to produce a winner, but we saw a glimpse of it last year in the playoffs. They made a good run. I think they've got that confidence. They're going to get a boost in their lineup when Tatis comes back in a couple of months, or actually in a, uh, just a month, I believe. So for me, I'm going Padres, Dodgers. They're both going to be playoff teams. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go ahead and insert the Diamondbacks in third, uh, followed by the Giants and the Rockies in the cellar. What about you, Bob? Um, I'm going to keep it real with you, Mike. Um, everybody's going to pick the Padres. Good for them. Because everybody has this idea the Padres are going to be able to be healthy for 162 games. Everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be good. They ain't got no ego. I know. You know, pretty much that it's the carefree boys, right? Nah, man, I, I, I got them going under 93 and a half games this year. I think that they'll be lucky enough to get to 90 wins this year. I'm not saying that they don't get to the playoffs this year, but let's pump the brakes a little bit on them because their pitching isn't uh, isn't all the way 100 right now. That's going to be key moving forward. And also, the, the, the hidden is good, but – What's going to happen when Tatis gets back? Because Tatis is a, is an egomaniac. Let's just go ahead and keep it real. And will he soil this uh, this group? Or will they just be smart enough to go ahead and trade him before he even steps uh, foot back into that dugout? That's my biggest question for the um, Padres. I think that the Padres aren't going to be able to handle the pressure of having a great team. The Dodgers, on the other hand, though, they want it like this. Let's play up under the radar because you just said um, phenom and uh, with the Cardinals. I think the Dodgers got two phenoms in Miguel Vargas and James Altman. And if those two show up the way that I know that they can show up this year, watch out. That's all I can say, Mike, is watch out. And Jason Hayward can go ahead and restart his career here just like others have with the Dodgers as well, too. I got a feeling he might bust at Matt Kemp for us like Matt did in his final year as well, too. So I really do feel like it's going to be a war at home with these two all year long. They'll be on each other's neck. And then I'm with you. The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be very sneaky, but the Giants are going to be much better than they were last year. They may be a little bit like the team that was from 2021, but it's going to be tough, but they still have the pitch in the back them up. That's the whole thing, in my opinion, when it comes to them. And the Rockies, forget about it. Just forget about yeah, it. Yeah, man, they're, they're not really. TJ uh, Crone, yeah. no. CJ Crone, great fantasy player. Charlie Black. I actually drafted him because you – yeah, now, for all the listeners out there, Papa was texting me during the uh, uh, my fantasy baseball draft, well, actually an auction, uh, and one of his messages was Kron. I went ahead and snagged Kron the very next pick based on Pop's recommendation, but I think he's going to be one of the very few bright spots for this team, Pop. Let's move over to the National League uh, East. Oh, yeah, I love this division. This is maybe the most action-packed division in baseball. Super excited about this race. I think a lot of people have jumped on the Mets because they got Verlander. 
I'm actually going to take the Phillies to win this division, Bob. I, uh, excuse me, the Atlanta Braves to win this division, Bob. And I think that the Phillies and the Mets are going to be battling it out for second. That's kind of how I see it. Uh, I think the Marlins are approved. Uh, I think the Nationals are going to be in the cellar. But that's my order. I'm going to go uh, Atlanta, Philly, Mets in third, followed by the Marlins and the Nationals. What about you, Bob? One thing I can say, I think we got three playoff teams again in the uh, East. I can't. I think I can go ahead and admit to that because we're only getting one out the Central. We'll probably get two out of the West, and then I think we get three out of the um, East this year. And I like the Mets to win the division. I do. I really do. And um, I think the Mets won the division because they should have won the division last year. So I know that Ver- Verlander is going to be done for the next month or so. But you know you you, you got to prepare for Verlander and Scherzer not to be not to be healthy. So you know they're old. It, it makes sense. But I think that the hitting is is at its absolute best for this team this year. And I think that when it comes down to pitching, it's the Braves. And when it comes down to a little bit of both, it's the um, the Phillies. But the Phillies probably got the most star power in the division with uh, Trey and uh, with. Um, Harper once he returns because Harper's not going to be there for a while either. So, well, I hate to interrupt you, Bob, but we're up against the clock. I I lost track of time a little bit and we got a wrap. So, uh, let's let's do this. What's up? Mets win the division. Mets win the division. I think three teams could make the playoffs. I think I can't say nothing about the Marlins, but it's all good. Marlins might be a little bit of a dark horse, but we'll see. Well, that could be a team that you maybe take, uh, you know, just to be able to uh, during the season when Pops, Pop gives out that pick for the Marlins, they could be a sneaky team. Uh, I think one thing that I learned from Pop is when you see these imba- like mismatched teams, you know, uh, a few years ago, I think it was like the Orioles when they were bad and the Astros, a lot of people jump out that minus 300. Great opportunity to take your big pluses in baseball because it happens keep in mind it's hard to sweep teams in baseball so when you see that big juicy plus on a team that pop gives out might be an interesting opportunity to take that pop that's all the time we got for this week's show congrats on giving out some great picks we got opening day uh, opening weekend hopefully they'll get this game in in la in la la land with all the rain tonight pop as always thank you my friend Check out Pop DiBiase's picks. You won't regret it. Thank you to Voice America, my man Josh, all of the people involved in putting together this show. And, of course, most importantly, you, the listener, without you, there is no show. We will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.